Rising up back on the street. Did my time, took my chances. Get out of here. Yeah, okay. Welcome to Dragon's Cast, where we know of realities in which alternate facts are also facts. But first, we discuss Drexel basketball. With me today, I have uh, Nick and Trieri. That's your boy. Marshall Fleming. What the hell, I'm always first on the introductions. Bill Martin. I have no complaints about being third. And I am your host, Leon McCodden. This is episode six of the 2016-2017 season. And with that... Uh, I think uh, we can get started. We had four games. Uh, we had we played uh, pretty much three games away and one game at home. Uh, two against pretty decent opponent opponents, Northeastern and UNCW. Uh, Elon, we still lost against them. Uh, and uh, one W of the last this four games was against Delaware at home. And I think we all predicted that W. But uh, other than that, I think the predictions, we all were a little hopeful that we'd get at least either the Northeastern game or the Elon game. Nobody was uh, foolhardy enough to think that we'd actually win at UNCW. But we did not pick up any more wins. So I think we all pretty much went 3-1. and one. I mean, we're struggling right now. Um, you know, it, to me, it seems like we're playing well in spurts. Um, outside of the Delaware game, um, the other three games aside that we lost – Seems like we're playing well against, you know, the really good teams in spurts when they're also playing well, um, which isn't going to bode well for us getting a win. I thought we looked pretty decent against UNCW most of the game, but they're just too good. Uh, and then in Northeastern, I know we're going to start off with that one. Um, I caught the second half of that. I missed the first half. Um, but again, I think they just played really well. I think we played pretty well. Maybe if we would have played like that against a different team, we would have come up with the win. Um, but from what I saw in the second half, um, they were hitting every, they were moving the ball around. They were getting open shots. They had 54 points in the second half. Um, they were penetrating and maybe it's a little bit of our defense. TJ Williams is getting to the line and hitting almost everything. Uh, even that Begley guy was hitting threes. Um, they, they went, they shot 48% from three. Um, I mean, it's going to be hard to beat a team on their home floor when they shoot 25 threes and hit half of them. Yeah, I mean, I thought our, our defense has been bad in some of these points. And when, they, when the other team hits all of their open looks that we gave them, it ends up in us getting beaten. And that's not just Northeastern game. We haven't, the defense hasn't been great in uh, most of these games, but Northeastern was. I thought particularly bad. And, uh, yeah, TJ Williams did crush us in that game. I mean, he was dominating all the other side guys were hitting wide open shots. So TJ Williams had pretty much played the entire game. And he was unstoppable. Like, we did not have an answer for TJ Williams. And he, he had a great game when we played him, played Northeastern at the DAC as well. But this was, this was a whole other level of it. Uh, and I don't, I don't think he got bailed out as many times, but they still did go to the line decent enough. But he's he's way too big for Kirk. Is part of the problem. I mean, he's like six three, or Kirk's only five eight, and that's probably generous. So it's hard for us Bill, to match up. I was up. complaining about I was complaining about that at the start of the season that Kirk would face issues with bigger guards, and you kind of dismissed it at the time. No, I think it's alternative facts. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. This year, um, this year, Bill's retort. No, it's it's going to be a problem for him uh, dean people up. I think my thing was that if he's good enough, then it shouldn't matter on the other side of the ball. So he should be able to nullify because they won't be quick enough to guard him. Um, I think that still goes. How's he's that working the, out? He's not on the same level as T.J. Williams right now. I mean, he's a we're talking about a player of the year uh, uh, guy out there who's a senior, and then we have Kirk Lee, who's just a freshman. He's still adjusting the game. And if I remember correctly, I think Bill was making a comparison between when Franz had to go up against Chaz Williams and, uh, and how Franz had trouble with Chaz, even though Chaz was shorter than him. Uh, and I don't think Kirk is there yet. But the potential still remains yeah. that he could get there. And if he does, he you know, a size isn't going to matter as much. But in this year, TJ Williams... Uh, Kirk Lee matchup was uh, definitely cost cost us. Yeah, I mean he's he's a better player. He's bigger. I mean he's got all he's got all the advantages right now. I mean four years down the line it might be a different story, but I mean right now definitely T.J. Williams is gonna dominate that matchup. Is T.J. Williams a senior? Yeah. Yeah, I mean I know he's pretty good. He he, he doesn't really. I know he had thirty points. He doesn't super impress me. I, he just. We had 10 of them from the line. Um, you know, I, 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 I disagree with you on that. I knew you were going to disagree with me. That's why I'm saying it. The kid I, does a little bit of everything. He's big. He handles the ball well. He distributes. He can shoot a little bit. I mean, the guys that impress me are the UNCW guys. They are impressive. That's an entire team. You know, and, yeah. And he's going to get player of the year probably in the conference. Yeah, see, I would disagree with that. I think at least two of the UNC women's players are better than him. So you would give it to two UNC Wilmington players instead of TJ Williams' player here? The Murphy guy's good, and Begley had a decent game. But without TJ Williams, they're not going to put up 92 points. Yeah, they're not going to beat Michigan State. They're not going to beat UConn. I just didn't feel like he did anything, made any difficult shots in that game. Like he got to the lane real easily, either made it to the line or he had an easy – and he shot 19 times. You know, I mean, it's a moot point. I mean, we, All right. Um, I just wanted to argue with Bill. <laughs> I mean, to Kirk Lee's defense, I think, um, you know, I, I would say, like, look, he's going to look at some of the smaller point guards that have had success before. Chaz Williams. How does Justin, Rob- Justin Robinson, how does he do defensively? Uh, you know, he's had a lot of success at Monmouth. He's not too big. Um, you know, there's other examples. I, I think um, he could probably make a – at times, I think he's been a pretty good, aggressive, in-your-face defender. But just like the rest of our defense, it's inconsistent to me. It kind of comes and goes in, in different ups and downs. Um, we, do, we definitely need to address our overall. I, I don't quite get, you know, why we're so inconsistent defensively. Um, it seems like it's a focus. I mean, it's talked about when I read it here in the press conferences, but we're not really seeing, you know, other other than the Delaware game, um, you know, we, we're not really seeing it here. We're giving up 90 points, 92 points. I actually think the Delaware game was more just they're terrible. I mean, the defense, the defense yeah, no. is okay. You seem but, to be uh, giving up way too many points because I can't even imagine the last time uh, we had games where five out of – our entire, I guess, team scores in double digits, and we end up losing. Uh, it's it's not it's very atypical, like uh, Drexel team that we used to. Sammy Mui get a great game against Northeastern, but it, 
you almost would forget about it because we walked away with, uh, from there losing by 17. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to call out a great game from any one player when we're losing by double digits. It, you're right, though. You're right, though. It's the defense. I mean, you can't give up 93 points. I mean, <laughs> the offense is okay. Like. 76 points is fine. We go on a couple scoring droughts here and there, but... I feel like uh, there hasn't been a time this year where I go get away from a game where we don't give up some easy layups. And it's not like we're making them work for the points. And every time we go down, we have to work for ours. So we end up being tired when we come back on D. And this Northeastern game is another example of that where... It's not like they're out-rebounding us by that many. Uh, it's not like uh, they're getting that many more opportunities to take shots. It's just the shots that they do take, they're getting like high percentages. They shot 61% from the field. That that just means that they were pretty much putting the ball in from one foot away from the basket or two foot away from the basket. Yeah, I mean, Wilmington basically – or not Wilmington, sorry. Northeastern uh... – Basically got a lot of easy shots and then a lot of open threes. I mean, they had a lot of open shots. I think some of us just are like switching on people. We have mental lapses where um, – and we also get killed in transition too on some of these plays. Like we make a mistake, we turn the ball over, and the other team is down the other side of the court um, ready to score on us very yeah. easily. Yeah, it seems like every time we turn the ball over, we pay for it. With that – Let's jump on to the one shining moment in these four games, which was against Delaware. That was a fun game to be at. I mean, as far as, like, the atmosphere of the deck and, and just beating up on Delaware is always fun. Marshall had the Delaware sucks tattoo out in full effect. Uh, yeah, I think, he showed it, I think he showed it to a few of the Delaware players during the uh, national anthem. Did they, did they uh, react no, to No, not during the national anthem. I during their uh, during their intros, I had it on full display. I mean, there was a lot of good heckling going on at that game too. I mean, uh, we were getting all over uh, Daly, their star rookie over there, who had a terrible game. I mean, he had 13 points, but his shooting was terrible, and he was really uh, the one with the big head. Yeah, he had the the giant head. Yeah, uh, that it was kind of weird how that was actually pretty fun. Um, I guess he got mad at. Um, who was it in the one it of the Bill Tor, wasn't it? Bill Tor. Um for some just usually generic comment. Uh and he just flipped out. So he's gonna Tor. mess him up or something? Yeah. And then just classic OG Dak pack style, everybody in the whole side just started going <laughs> chanting his name and every time every time he came near us, we were talking to him. Uh and he was engaging us a little bit, so that was kind of fun. Yeah, yeah, I think the game started off with that kind of mindset, at least from from our sideline crew of uh, young alums with the uh, calling hairless, uh, Harris uh, hairless. Uh, <laughs> Why is he hairless? He court. It's very strange. I don't know. It's uh, he do, he has to have a superpower, right? Yeah, he's either he's either um, he had Lex Luthor like or he uh, or he's a swimmer in the off season and is constantly shaving himself. <laughs> yeah, he had those like stockings pulled up to his knees too, didn't he? Like the white ones. Like yeah, it was, like, yeah, very odd. Style, style. I don't know why his eyebrows are gone. I thought maybe he was a cancer patient. I was a little worried about that. They were making fun of him, and that's the case. But I tried to look it up. I didn't see anything. So 
I think it's fine to make fun of his hair. Yeah, I, I was very, I was very worried that we'd we'd make fun of him and have that hairless chant going on, only to realize that you know he's uh, ha- he's gone through all this adversity. <laughs> yeah. and he's uh, made it through here, and he's playing Division One basketball. Meanwhile, you know the us bums on the sideline are yelling at him. I looked it up. I think, we're but fine. I was. <laughs> what was interesting was that guy started the game. He was like one of their bigger players. And then they started feeding him right away. And Bill turns to me. He's like, this guy averages 1.9 points a game. Is this like a different strategy? And then he like, I think he had an offensive foul right away. And then he missed the layup. Yeah, he didn't play too many minutes. But he was very enthusiastic with his subjects. <laughs> Someone said at the game that thought maybe it was a strategy to try to get like Rodney and foul trouble or something. I said that. No, he might, might have been right. Maybe that was the reason. But it didn't It didn't seem to be working. He checked in. He checked out like four minutes in. And he didn't, we didn't you see did. him again until like the second half started. Well, that I was gonna say, I mean, those they are terrible at shooting. I mean, they're. I felt like most of the three pointers they were lofted up or weren't even close to hitting. I mean, yeah, we home. didn't shoot too great from three point ourselves, but we shot better than them. Yeah, I mean, it was just. Uh, I mean, it, we won by sixteen, and they just weren't very good. I mean, coming away, I thought we're definitely much better than that team, at least. I think that Daily guy looked genuinely shocked when Marshall revealed his tattoo. <laughs> he might. Like, he I, might I think there was a look at like, what is you know? He was like, "What is going on?" That somebody has a Delaware sucks tattoo. Which player was that? I thought it was Daily, wasn't it? I don't think it was Daily. Either way, I think it like you definitely threw that player off. I remember him looking at it and actually taking a double take, almost like, "Is that really what that says?" <laughs> Yeah, I remember the double take. Well, as bad as Delaware looked, and I agree with Bill that I thought they were absolutely terrible. Uh, I don't think we played that great, but they were just terrible. Somehow, they went after us, and uh, Ryan Daly put up 27 in a win over Northeastern. Now, how does that make any sense? Yeah, I know. It's weird. I saw that, too. He was fired up from Bill Torr's comments. Maybe no one talked to him at all at the other game, and he was free to do whatever he wanted instead of being harassed. I, mean, I think they were at home, but still. Um, I mean, I think it's worth noting from that game that, like, Mojica almost put up a triple-double. He missed it by one point. <laughs> I don't know how you miss a triple-double by one point when you're uh, I mean, a guard like that. He had nine points, 10 assists, and 15 rebounds. I mean, I don't think we've had that many triple-doubles that I can remember, and he missed it by one. Yeah, he was great. Um, I'm pretty sure the Dragons cast Twitter gave him a shout-out on the, the near triple-double, and he, he had a great game. Um, he's been doing a lot of little things for us. Uh, I'm pretty impressed how he crashes the boards. And he he gets real high. And he he kind of has a little bit of a knack for it. Um, and he just goes up over people and just kind of puts forth that effort. Um, it's weird you know, he didn't see that at all when – on the Bruiser team, I mean, he didn't really. No. I mean, his rebounding, his like numbers are almost exactly the same from last year, except his rebounding has gone up. Yeah, I feel like uh, like last year he would he would be primarily just a three point shooter, and he tends to be a little streaky when it comes to that. Like he'll have three straight threes that go in, then he he'll miss three to four in a row, then he might make another one. So last year I, I felt like he either he was on or off, and depending on that he got little or no minutes. He's been finishing better around the hoop lately. At the beginning yeah. of the year, he was just breaking layup after layup, and now he's he's actually been hitting some tough, some tough takes. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, um, yeah, I agree. He's been streaky offensively, which, 
you know, um, isn't ideal. But uh, he, he's been, you know, you kind of wish, what would, I feel like a lot of it with him is effort. Uh, and it goes back to the point on defense. Say five guys put forth the same effort, same what he could does on boxing out, going for rebounds, and, and stopping penetration. How much better would our defense be? Could be better. Uh, sometimes I don't think it's even like effort as much as it's concentration. And it's like they're not closing out on a guy quick enough, or they're just like someone gets caught up in a double team and they don't get out to the man quick enough. It's just like, I mean, some of it could be effort. I think they're playing hard. It's just mentally, maybe it's not there yet in this new defensive scheme that we're working on. I feel like Kari has lost some confidence. He doesn't look like his body language from at now, from the beginning of the year. Um, he just doesn't seem as, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't say enthusiastic is not the right word, but um, maybe a little bit more like reality start to set in um, on his freshman season a little bit. Um, but it would be nice to see us kind of find a spark somewhere. And even if you're not shooting well, like Sammy didn't shoot too well against Delaware, but he, he did everything else. Um, that's what really kept him getting the triple double. We only shot two of eleven, but uh, he had ten. He was doing everything else, uh, and that and I think sometimes you know that's what you can do if you're having an off off night on one one end of the court. See how you can help help uh, help uh, on the on the defensive side. Yeah, and Sammy, like I agree that without Sammy this year, we'd be having some trouble with rebounds. I don't think we'd be rebounding anywhere as good as we have been or we've been keeping up or at least with most teams when it comes to rebounding. That being said, I don't think that necessarily always translates to defense because one of the things that I've seen Sammy do a few times and it bugs me a lot. And I think I've, you, I usually turn to you, Bill and yell is when he gets, when he gets a screen set on him, he doesn't fight through it necessarily. He kind of goes around it and each time as a result, he's beat, and the person either has an open lane to the basket or the he gets a little help, and the guy that set the screen's wide open now. And I, that's ended up costing us more more often than I'd like to have seen. But you think that would be an easy adjustment, too, in practice. I don't know why some of this... I've seen less of it in the last couple of games, but in like there was a few games in a row where I'd see Sammy go like slowly go around the screen and it it would always lead either to an easy layup or a wide open outside shot uh, from the person setting to the screen. But that being said, Sammy is other than Rodney Williams, probably having uh, one of the best seasons, uh, unexpectedly good seasons that uh, this year. Yeah, I agree with that. I would say Kirk Lee still ahead slightly. I think when Kirk Lee plays really well, which we haven't really seen in a few games, I mean, he's played well, but he hasn't played like superstar level that he did earlier in the year. And I think that's actually why we're struggling a little bit. I wasn't even thinking about Kirk Lee and Kari. I was just thinking about like our guys from last year, Rodney, other than Rodney. Uh, well, Austin Williams, I guess, but we barely saw Austin. But the guys that we saw minutes actually on the floor, Sammy's progressed a lot more. He's become a very different player almost. He's been playing well over. I mean, Overton was last year, but he's been he's been playing a lot better lately, which is huge. It's just 
I just think it's defense. Like, we seem like we're scoring enough. I just – I don't know why we can't prevent anyone from scoring under 80 points. I think I mean, if we did – part of the spiker offense. We just don't have the personnel yet where he's not worried too much about defense, but we're going to score 100 and the other scores – that team's going to score 90. I mean, is that possibly part of the process? Uh, I can't I imagine it is. I don't think he wants people scoring this many points. I mean, there's a lot of defensive lapses. I mean, I, I would expect the team to score more than I did against Bruiser, but you can't give up 90. I mean, if we keep these teams under 80, we're right there. Right there. We, it doesn't need to be 60 like we do with Delaware. It just needs to be under 80, I would say. I mean, that shouldn't uh, unheard of. I mean, if you look at, like, I mean, going on to the Elon game a little bit, they're not as good as Wilmington or Northeastern. But the defense at times was just terrible. I mean, open layups and open threes, and it just seemed like, they got so many open looks that it just resulted in them scoring a ton of points. Yeah, out of the four games, you know, since we're moving on to Elon, this was the most disappointing to me um, in the way we played. Um, we weren't very good offensively, and we were just as bad, if not worse, defensively uh, against a team that really, to me, doesn't seem like they have. They may, they, I think they play well, they're coached well, they can shoot well. They don't have super dazzling athletes that we shouldn't be able to stay in front of, um, at, at least, you know, to the level that they were able to penetrate the lane, really was kind of perplexing to me. Uh, and it was, a, you know, a little frustrating to watch. Um, you know, we actually shot pretty well for three uh, in this game, too. John Moran was pretty hot. Um, and we had a couple other folks hit, hit a few, but... Um, again, the story was he gave up 42 and 51 to Elon. It's going to be hard to win. I mean, their their defensive strategy was stop Rodney Williams. They double teamed, they triple teamed, and we didn't make them pay. I don't feel like at all for that. Like, he, there wasn't any easy buckets out of it, really. We had a couple, like, cross-court passes that got picked off. I mean, there was just, like, when the guy gets double teamed like that, you got to find well, the open man and try. Yeah, to... that's the thing though. When he gets double, he's got to find the open man. It's like, not on him though, man. It's like there's no one even in that corner to even give the pass to. I, I, there's some sort of direction where he has to pass it all the way across the court. We got to have a plan for that. I feel like earlier in the year, uh, where he was getting that double team too, and then he hit Austin Williams for a layup. Like whatever happened to that pass? That pass has gone to the wayside. Now he's getting double teamed, and now we're we're paralyzed. It wasn't there at all in this game. I agree with you, but I mean, this guy, there's a solution to that. I mean, the rest of the team can, you know, I know we can definitely, if someone's open, we can, we can score on it. We got to find that guy. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it was, it was just a rough game though. I mean, <laughs> they had like two guys scoring over 20 points and know. Yeah. That Sebring t- guy and Santa Ana. I, yeah. Uh, their entire, it looked like we were getting manhandled by them. Their entire starting lineups in double digits here. I mean, it's really – it was just uh, not good defensively at all. And their strategy of taking away Rodney. And we've been scoring in the 70s, even still, even in this game, which we weren't particularly good offensively. We're still scoring in the 70s. We're just – again, you give up 93, you're losing by 20 in this case. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many points you put up if the other team puts 10 more than you in each of the halves, right? So – yeah. yeah. Uh, it's and again it goes back to the they had pretty much 
or close to 50% of their field goals. They're getting way too many easy shots. And I, I, it's it's defensive lapses. I, and I, we could say it's a scheme. Uh, we, I don't know if it's a lack of effort. It's It could be a mixture of the both. It could be them adjusting to something new. But our defense this year, uh, it's given up over 90 points in almost uh, two away games in a row. It's, it's, it's pretty nuts. Yeah, I mean the defense is no has been bad. Like we've all, we've all been saying. I think some of it is the scheme, some of it's them adjusting, and some of it's just not having the right player personnel for what Spiker runs to run. In some of these defenses, I mean we have, um, we have some guys who don't or aren't quite designed for, you know, getting up and down the court really quickly. Um, so we'll see if that changes, and hopefully the defense will improve um, over the next couple of years. I mean you'd like to see it improve this year, but. Hopefully over the next couple, when we get some different personnel, that's spikers specifically recruiting guys to play in the system. Yeah, I mean, um, is that one recruit, um, Isabel? Is that is Tremaine Isabel? Tremaine Isabel. Um, I heard the halftime of the Delaware game from um, one of the admins that he's the best player in practice. He's really doing well. Um, he can shoot the lights out, and he can he can really press. So. I mean, yeah, I don't want to talk about next year now. I mean, I, I, I still think that I've seen enough sparks in the beginning of the year and throughout this year. Where I don't, I still don't believe that we should be at the bottom of the CAA. I feel like we could, we could, we should be winning or at least more competitive in the James Madisons and the Elons. We'll see when we play a two and six Hofstra on Thursday, you know, how we do. I would be very disappointed if we're not competitive, possibly winning. That Hofstra game. game is is basically the make or break point. Not make or break, but salvage or break point of the season. If we if we lose that, then we are a nine or ten seed. If we win that, then maybe, maybe, maybe we escape playing Friday. Um but I think that's doubtful either way. We need to win both these games, right? Thursday and Saturday? I mean, they're both. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say we necessarily need to win Saturday, but we definitely probably need to. Yeah, I would agree with Marshall. I think we definitely need to beat Hofstra. That puts us a two and six, and we have to get ahead of Win and Mary, who haven't played yet, um, who's three and four. Um, you know, we have an uphill climb. I I don't think it's. I've seen enough talent that I feel like we could we should be better. That's that's why, um, yeah, that's what's I think is a little bit frustrating as a Drexel fan right now. Um, but I still have hope we could turn it around. You know, I uh, <clears throat> I was surprised beginning of the year, you know, how well our freshmen were, and uh, you know maybe these are this is part of a little bit of a you know, learning curve for our younger players. Part of a learning curve and growing pains for a new coach and a new system. Um, you have some initial success. You have you have some adversity. But how do we respond? It's not over yet. There's plenty of basketball left. I'd much rather struggle now than struggle at the end of the year. Um, but you know, hopefully, the guys in the huddle and, and at practice they're, they're keeping their heads up and uh, making adjustments because I, I do think we could do better. Do you want to fit more cliches into that sentence? 
I, but but I I hear what he's saying though, in the sense that we we do seem to have a lot of talent or a lot more talent than we expected, and Rodney's having a good year. Austin Williams and Sammy both are progressed a lot, you know, considerably since we saw them play last. Kyrie and Kirk are both inc- like really good freshmen, like one of some of the best freshmen that we've ever had, if not the two best freshmen we've ever had. And then we have Miles Overton as the transfer that's actually started off the season pretty rough, but now is actually scoring consistently in double digits. So you would think with the talent pool that you have there, if if they all kind of played consistently, we'd be winning more games. Yeah, but yeah. Look, look at who we've played so far. Sorry, not to cut you off, Leon, but no. UNC Wilmington t- twice already. We weren't going to win either of those two games. Northeastern, in hindsight, like they, I mean, they, they are more talented than we are. Um, we have more talent than we expected, but that doesn't mean we have the same level of talent against those teams at the top of the league. So we played Wilmington and Northeastern twice. Uh, have we played Charleston once or twice now? We haven't played them yet. Oh, sorry. I'm thinking Elon. Elon, we've played once. once. One time. Yeah. Awesome. So. And then JMU was a surprising loss to kick off the season, but they're four and four in conference. Uh, and then we, we played Delaware once, Hofstra not at all, right? And William and Mary not at all. So the teams that are with us at the bottom of the CAA, uh, I don't know specifics about their talent, but that's where we need to rack up our wins and maybe build some of that confidence. Um, but the CAA, the top of the CAA, I think is better than anyone expected. I mean, UNC is a uh, gets votes for top twenty-five. Uh, they're nineteen and two. We could have, we could have two, uh, potentially two. If Charleston were to say win out to the CA championship game and face UNCW, they could potentially be a bubble team just based off of record. I, I don't know what their wins and losses are in terms of caliber, but just in terms of a record. Um, they'd have a record similar to what we had in 2012. So I I think my point is you guys are talking about, oh, we have more talent than what we expected, but we expected to have no talent other than Rodney returning and Overton, who I was suspect of coming into the season based off of what he had put up elsewhere. So the talent that we have on top of that still doesn't stack up with the talent at the, the top of this conference. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, Wilmington is something else. I mean, those guys are really good. I mean, I just, I actually. And very well coached. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to watch that game when it was originally on. Um, but I did just watch it, and they're just impressive in both both times we played them. And yeah, we I, stuck with them in the first half, you know. Uh, but it, it was just a matter of time. Like, you make a couple mistakes against them, and they punish you for it. Yeah. Punish you. You can't make. Any bad mistake. You have a, I think, you know, we were hanging around. We were hanging around. We were playing pretty well. Um, and then in the second half, we have one. They hit a three. We have one bad turnover. They go down and hit another three. The crowd's going crazy. And all of a sudden, we're down 12. Yeah, I mean, if you – I was looking at this box score, too. I mean, we lost this game just because they shot the ball a crap load more than we did. That's why we lost. I mean, the shooting percentages, we actually shot better than them. They just shot the ball like 30 more times than we did. 
and that was basically on rebounds. Turnovers? No, rebounds. Oh, rebounds yeah. Offensive. They had 20 offensive rebounds. I mean, I don't know. I, I got to put some of this on, on Spiker. I mean, that Kaycock dude was rebounding everything. Can't stop. So hold on a second. I'm going to stop you right there. How is that on Spiker? Because they should have been more doing more to box that guy out. Talk to you, three guys to box him out. Make it an emphasis to box him out. Not at any point. Like, how is that not good to our bigs a little bit? It does fall on the bigs, too. It, actually, watching it, two that were on him the most were Muhammad Ba, who I'm assuming was playing the most uh, because Austin Williams is getting in foul trouble. And um, and Tyshawn Miles just isn't quick enough to cover their like, four-guard lineup. So he was in there, and Austin was getting killed on the boards, too. Rodney wasn't playing on it most of the time. Rodney was Tyshawn Miles didn't have a minute in the game. That's what I said. He didn't play because uh, probably because he wouldn't guard there. Um, was that the reason? Like I, I was, I was surprised by that too. I'm surprised he didn't get any minutes. I think that's why I didn't play. Wow. Um, it was probably because they they run a four guard lineup, and he's just not mobile enough to mm-hmm. to defend. Well, that's what we saw guys. the first time we played them. Yeah, that's why I think Muhammad Bob. Yeah, Muhammad Bob actually didn't play terrible. I mean, he actually had a couple nice little buckets. Just no one was boxing that guy out. I mean, he was just killing people on the boards. He's crashing. Yeah, he's I had. Boxed I had out. A fr- I had a friend watching that game, and he hasn't watched a lot of Drexel games this year, but he turned that one on. And he texted me. He's like, oh, Bob's actually playing pretty well this year. And I had to kind of correct him on the fact that he was playing at all this year, uh, or at least the last couple games. Hey, he was, he's barely playing. But, I mean, that was the thing. Yeah. And that's what, that's what crushed us. We had a few more turnovers than them. And they exploit, like you said earlier, they exploit every turnover. You, you mess up, and they turn it around for points. Yeah, they really didn't shoot that well. Um, they shot only shot twenty six percent from three. They still, still yeah. beat us. I mean, actually, Washington, I thought our defense was actually this is probably one of the better defended games we had. Yeah. It was just they were getting loose balls, they're getting rebounds on the offensive end, and they just got crap what I didn't I didn't realize watching until I looked at the box score how many shots they got more than us. But they got a lot more shots. I mean they we took 18 three-pointers. They took 34. I mean, that's a crazy number. They only hit they only hit four more of them. But, I mean, that is, that's insane. They yeah. had 77 field goal attempts to our 60. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to win when someone's shooting that much more volume than you, even with good defense. Yeah, I mean, I guess can we take the effort we had against these guys, other than the rebounding for Kaycock, uh, and apply it to a team in the middle of the pack because I think we'd have a lot of success if we were able, were able to do that. Um, you know, we played pretty, especially in the first half of this game, on the road. It's 43-40 to 40 against the top team in the league. Um, Don't discount them playing down to us, though. It's, it's very possible. I mean, how many times uh, did we see – our teams do that over the years where we're a top seed and we lose to a William and Mary. I don't think um, they played. I don't think they played down to us, Marshall. I mean, I mean, watching it, we they just they didn't have a ton of open looks. I mean, they hit some ridiculous shots against us the first time around. They hit some tough shots in this game too. I mean, they're really good. They didn't play bad. It's just really the rebounding. They're better than I mean, basically Nick saying that they're better than us. I mean, they played better than us. Yeah, just putting like up say, 43 points and a half isn't them playing down to us necessarily, yeah, right? Like, saying, that's... Yeah. Well, I think maybe on defense is what I'm getting at. For us to get 40 and a half, we haven't seen that a lot this 
these last couple games. You're Correct right. Me if I'm wrong. You're, no, yeah. you're right. But th- that being said, I feel like that kind of speaks to like uh, the some of the stuff that Nick was mentioning before about the talent we have and the other side of that, which is the inconsistency we've seen. When everything kind of is going in the right direction, when we're, everybody's playing well, we can score 40 points because we have the talent for it. The unfortunate thing is we can't do that consistently, and that could be attributed to a lot of things, including, you know, we have a lot of uh, young players on the team. We have a new system that we're working through and all that good stuff. But this season has been very much uh, a tale of almost three teams, teams that we have really good teams that sometimes show up in one half and sometimes don't show up for an entire game. And uh, we've had teams that show up for an entire game as well, which is the St. Joe's game where we should have beaten them, where the right team showed up for the entire game. But in this game, a really good team showed up for one half, uh, played kind of out of our minds, and in the second half, we couldn't do it. And if we played like this the last game against Elon, we might have actually beat them. Yeah, and I wasn't making my point based on – I know I made my point on a quantitative fact, but – Watching the game itself, you know, I, I thought we looked pretty good. You know, we were moving the ball around pretty good. Kirk Lee was getting in there. He was being aggressive. Um, it's just when, you know, we had a – we were doing well. We were hanging with him, and I think Kirk Lee tried to do a little too much. Um, one time he turned the ball over, and then it was just like they laid the gauntlet on us, um, which is what you would expect the top team in the conference to do. Um, mm-hmm. hey, we, had a, we had a couple turnovers in a row. And they just exploded immediately. That's exact, and yeah. The lead ballooned out of control, like right from there, and that was over. Yeah, that wouldn't happen. The way you went, Elon or sorry, go ahead. Wouldn't happen. It's Elon. I would. I wouldn't think. And William and Marys and the hostages. You know, I think we could probably get away with a couple of those uh, mistakes. Go ahead, Marshall. So the way UNCW was playing is the way I kind of feel like Spiker wants to have us play. Like putting up a lot of points, getting up and down the court, capitalizing on mistakes. Do you think, and and the UNCW has a bigger team than us, right? I think we would all agree that their players are physically bigger. No, I wouldn't agree with that. Their guards are bigger. I think they're more athletic. Ingram Uh, is not. Okay. Uh, I'll I'll give you athletic then. Do you think, and this is an open question, and, and I guess the way I'm phrasing it kind of voices what may be my thought on it, but do you think that anybody on our current roster, and this kind of goes to the debate we had of would any of these guys fit on our 2012 roster? Do you think any of these guys fit if UNC, if UNCW is the model of the team we want to build, are any of these guys, especially our young guys in the picture for that team of the future? Kirk Lee. Yeah, Kirk Lee for sure. I mean, Johnson's a three point shooter. He's actually watching him lately too. Like, He's not bad defensively. He's got some length to him. I mean, he gets beat once in a while, but he's not been playing terrible. He forces people some tough shots. Yeah, he's been okay. He's been inconsistent. Um, you know, I, I just feel like there's no stat to tell me this right that I'm looking at, but I just his body language is he, he just I think he looks like he just lost confidence to me. And you know, I, I we, I'm just you know we lost seven out of the last eight. I know that we've played a little bit tougher schedule maybe than CAA, but is it time to switch, put Overton back to the starting lineup just to mix things up? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you could. I don't know if it matters that much at this point. I mean, Overton's playing just to well shake things up. Yeah, you couldn't hurt. Give Kari some confidence coming off the bench. Um, I mean, Overton's definitely a, the better player right now. Probably deserves a starting role. Maybe Spiker doesn't want to resort to him going back to one for ten every game. Yeah, uh, you know, starting the game. Uh, so he might not be trying not to jinx it. I mean, Janssen in the in the in the Wilmington game was ice cold in the beginning in the in the first half, and then the second half. He actually had some nice plays. He had a nice drive to the basket, and he had two two open threes he knocked down. He had about three open threes in the first half that he didn't hit that he usually buries. So, uh, you know, he hits a couple of those, and you know, two out of three of those, and maybe it's a little bit different. We go in with yeah. a lead instead of a, instead of being down a little bit. I mean, they probably still beat us, but um, it would be nice to see a little bit more consistency out of these guys. Another thing that I was a little disappointed to see in these last four games was uh, – we didn't get to see, I guess, too much more of Major. He seems to have been, you know, like other than we like had a, our last recording, we we thought Major was going to start contributing a lot more, and it seems like the last four games his contributions have been minimal. And uh, I was hoping that wouldn't be the case, but I guess I don't know if it's uh, related to his uh, just overall contribution or if it's just something as far as the matchups we've been getting, but he's been seeing limited minutes and that was well, a little I, disappointing. I think, I think major is, is a tough matchup for UNC Wilmington because they're just so fast. No, I wasn't just talking about UNC. I was looking at all these last four games, you know, there's only one game where he cracks even at 10 minutes in the game. Uh, it's against Elon. So, yeah, you know, I thought he would um, he would be better against T.J. Williams. I feel like than Kirk Lee back to the, but um, just because of his size, I think you know I, he's had a multiple knee surgeries and knee problems. He's not his shooting seems like it's been decent, better than I remember. Um, you know, I, I think I think his core awareness is good. I think he just may. St- uh, have a tough time with some of these real fast guards, uh, but it would be nice to see him out there. I, I I don't really remember him getting abused as much as you know you may think because I think he's crafty. Um, but you know, so I, I I kind of agree with you, Leon. Um, but I, I think I could see why UNC Wilmington it would be tough for him because those guys. Are no, just, I agree. Uh, UNC Wilmington would be a real tough matchup, but you would think uh, he's finally back. He'd get more than. In a, more minutes that he sees more than two shots in the you know in the last four games, but it kind of something to do with him not being aggressive enough either. Like it seems like yeah, he's a little tentative out there on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he can shoot the ball. It seems like he can shoot it. I think he should try to take it more when he has the open look, not hesitate, just pull the trigger. And yeah. um, same thing with I mean maybe driving even with the knee, he might be a little hesitant with that. So I mean that could be something to do with it. Um, and and Moran, I guess, has also been shooting the ball well, so he's been he's been kind of playing more, even though he really hasn't been playing point guard. So I guess Kirk Lee's has been playing most of the minutes. Uh, so the next uh, four games over here, we have uh, like the make and or break game, like Marshall mentioned against Hofstra this Thursday. Then we have Charleston. Uh, both 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 back to back games at home, and then we have the makeup game for the William and Mary game. We were supposed to play away that got rescheduled because of the two inches of snow. 
and <laughs> the Townsend game. And I think we might have to go ahead and predict the next Hofstra game as well because just how this breaks down, we're not going to be able to make have another recording till after probably that. So we have five games to predict. So we have Hofstra, Charleston, William and Mary, Townsend, and Hofstra again, bookended by the wonderful uh, Hofstra Pride. All right, Hofstra. Okay. I'll take a W on Hofstra. Those go to the W. I'm going to take an L. <laughs> of course, you're going to take an L. Leon. I'm going to go with a W. If the DAC pack shows up. Oh, here comes a ten million oh, dollar prediction. <laughs> you bitched about your own long ass prediction last yeah, time. How so. about Mr. Cliche over here with the analysis? Oh, man, somebody doesn't take criticism well. <laughs> next 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 we're gonna find out that Nick has tiny hands. <laughs> Go ahead. If now. the DAC pack shows up on Thursday, we beat Hofstra. If they don't show up, we lose to Hofstra. I think we lose to Hofstra. Okay. okay, so you're predicting not only that we're going to lose the Hofstra, but also that the DAC pack isn't going to show up. Adapt, yeah, DAC and when I say show America. up, like, not just fill the stands, but, like, be loud. We need – this team needs the students to get behind them and be loud and alter a game. I think we need to bring back Apache, Marshall, so you can get out there and uh, do your thing. <laughs> we'll talk to the That's band. true. We did have some really great years when I did Apache. Let's bring it back. Let's talk to the band. Get it going. All right. Someone pay for my Was that the old band director or the week. new one? But I did Apache. I thought it was the old one. No, they yeah. both do it. I just they kind of retired it. it. Okay. We'll Did FaceTime that. you in if needed. <laughs> we had a College of Charleston game at home against Charleston. Uh, why don't you start us off, Marshall? Uh, I'm going to say we lose. Yeah, I'll, I'll go with a loss on that one, too. Loss. Yeah, I go with a loss, too, unfortunately. And the makeup game, William & Mary, on January 30th. Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to go with the W. Ooh. I'll, I'll go. I, I, think, I don't know. I, I want to say win. I'll go with win, even though I think we're going to lose. I'm going to go with the win. <laughs> Try to be positive. Too many games in a short span. Uh, we lose to William and Mary on the road. All right. With that, uh, we have Townsend. Loss. Loss. I go with a win at Townsend too. Wow. I'm gonna be super <laughs> upbeat over here. Bill's going uber positive in this one. Whatever the next game is, I'm gonna take a lot. Actually, Hofstra. Oh man, three wins in a row is way too much. I might have to. <laughs> I might change one of these later. <laughs> Marshall. Townsend? Uh, still, too many games in too few days. We lose to Townsend. I don't think oh, your argument's going to change much in the next game two days later. <laughs> You're correct. I'll so start win. off that round. We're going to lose to Hofstra at Hofstra. All right. Win at Hofstra. We sweep Hofstra this year. I'm going to finish out my 0 5, the fifth loss. Oh, my gosh. I got. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were the guy that said we weren't gonna be in the pillow fight game. There, there's a method to this, and I'll explain it the next podcast. Oh, I, I, I I've seen this method. <laughs> He's actually going to take a shit right now with another method. But he'll also explain it the next. We podcast. combine multiple I, I, methods. Get to shake things I, up, Bill. Let's put I, it over I, to I the starting the line. The correct phrasing for correct phrasing is dropping a deuce, Bill. Uh, uh, dropping we a deuce. are on a podcast after all. Sorry. 
Wait, so not. just to confirm, are Nick and I both going 0-5 over this stretch? We both seem to be. I'm going to take I a win at Hofstra. I thought you predicted a win at Hofstra on Thursday. You didn't? You picked loss? I picked loss. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're both 0-5. Oh, man. I got 3-2. and two. I'm, I'm going to be off. I, I think we're actually going to probably. I went 2-3 and three at Nick. 2-3 and three is probably right, but I'm going to stick with 3-2, and three, I guess, just to mix it up. I feel like somehow this 0-5 is still going to look like uh, the whatever it ends up being by the time we record next. So it's uh, par for the course, I guess. With that, the only other thing I actually kind of want to talk about was that we did have a new recruit that signed up, right? Tim Perry Tim Jr. Tim Perry Jr.? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's turn it over to our uh, recruiting analyst. Yeah, I mean, I haven't really seen really too much important. of him. His, his dad played at Temple. Um, from what I uh, read about him, he was like kind of raw at uh, when he came into Temple and actually turned himself into a, an NBA draft pick. I like raw. Raw is good. Played a number of years in the league. Um, raw is not always good, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a man that's speaking from experience. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, Tim Perry is—he's uh, like—he's listed six ten. He's like over two hundred pounds. Um, seems like he could be like a rim protector. Offensively, he doesn't have a lot of skills at this point. Um, I'm going to hopefully try to see a game of his before the year's up. Seems like a kid with a high ceiling. Uh, I don't know if you expect contribution off him right away other than maybe rebounding and some defense, but um, seems like a solid pickup. I mean, we haven't had a guy who's 6'10 um, in a little bit. I think the last one I can remember is Chaz, maybe? And you said he's 6'10. from Philly? He's from Philly, yeah. So... Between him and Jarvis Doles, we got the two scholarships filled, both forwards losing uh, Rodney and uh, Muhammad Ba. So, so we got two bigs and two guards with the transfers. With the transfers coming in, yeah. So we're going to look a lot different next and so, year. Yeah. So that fills our recruiting for next year, right? Like no more over. Yes, I will be surprised if somebody doesn't leave and we don't have another yeah. spot open. I don't know who that I, is yet. So I think Pac- Bill's bet was somebody's going to transfer, right? Do you think yeah. Pack Bill? I don't know. It could be Sam Green. I don't know. Uh, I I wouldn't expect. I wouldn't expect all of those guys to be back next year. Maybe we'll have one more open up. I think we're still looking at some wing players. So um, uh, we'll see what happens there. Is Sam Green the freshman that played earlier this year and had a had a good couple minutes? He played against St. Joe's and had a deep, had a pretty decent game. Yeah, I honestly don't know why he's not playing more, especially when we face yeah. a team like Wilmington when really we could kind of use like a hybrid four, three type right. of player. Like they only play four – they only play one big man and four guards essentially. So, I mean, instead of Bob, throw Sam Green out there. Maybe he plays a little better defense on there, the guard they're running at the four. But I'm not – I don't. I mean, we don't watch practice obviously. So, you know, maybe he's terrible practice. I have no idea. Or not a hard worker, or something else is there. I, I I have no idea, but I would like to see a little bit more of him. But the point of it is, I think one of them will probably transfer. I'm not sure who yet, but it would be. Sports. Well, earlier in the year, you were also predicting Kennedy's going to transfer. Was I Kennedy this year? No, I don't think you said that. I don't think so. I thought you he said was a- you, some someone said they were going to be surprised if. Uh, if Kennedy is still with us next year with the fact that uh, with the fact that Kurt's playing so well. Uh, I, that's actually major could be a possibility with, you know, Isabel coming in next year too. I mean, 
depending on major wants Troy to get Harper's out of point guard here. Troy Harper too. We have two other guards coming in. I mean, that is another potential marshal. I actually I did my I might have mentioned that before that that major could be potential for I thought you meant for this year, but for for next year, yeah, it, it, he could be a possibility too. Depending on if he just wants to finish his career out here since he's been through so much and he's been here the whole time, or if he wants to get serious playing time somewhere else, depending on the probably the condition of his knee. Um will probably depend on some of that, get a fresh start and actually mm-hmm. start for like a lower D1 school. So, I mean, he's a possibility too. It's either probably Peck, Sam Green, or him. I mean, not necessarily any of them have to transfer. They could all be here and we'll just roll with the two guys we have, but see what happens. We are going to need like some of the, uh, one of the at least two recruits, either Jarvis or Perry Jr. over here to contribute pretty quickly. Yeah, I mean, we'll have Austin Williams starting at the four right now. Tyshawn yeah. Miles will probably start, but we could use like one of those big guys to actually come in and give some minutes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Tyshawn Miles starts or a freshman starts. Maybe the Doles guy. I think Austin Williams yeah, it'd be fine getting the ball down low. I, he's We shouldn't talk about this, but I thought he actually showed some decent post moves in the last four games uh, when he's gotten the opportunity. Um, yeah, I, I think he can be fine. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, 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 I don't think Tyshawn Miles is going to start. That's just my take right now. Um, I mean, there's yeah, I I think he and Austin Williams, while not the same player, bring the same same benefits to the lineup when they're both in or when each are in. So putting them on the court together, I don't necessarily think is the best idea. I would imagine. Um, I I think the hope would be that Jarvis Doles would be good enough as a freshman to start. And you kind of see it with some of the outside shots that Rodney's taking, and that's not really his game, and that the steps back that up. Those shots are the same shots that Doles hits in his highlight videos. Yeah, I mean, ideally, Doles would fill in that role. I mean, I don't know how ready he'll be right away. Usually, when we get a big, they're not really ready to go right away um, outside of a couple – select players like Rodney play right away pretty well and Sammy, I mm-hmm. think, but we haven't had a ton of them, uh, but that's yeah. in the bruiser again. So maybe under Spiker, spiker yeah, maybe under Spiker, he'll be, you know, running the floor and he'll fit better in the system than, you know, Tyshawn Miles or Peck or Sam Green. I think are the, those are really the only other options before, right? I mean, right now that'd be all we have. So. Yeah. I, I think Peck is transferring. I, I the writing kind of on the wall that, He's not going to be playing much. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, but we'll see. Never know. Suit update? Yeah, Mr. Eager Igor. You can have your <laughs> suit like update now. Smooth transition. Suit update. Go. That's, that's how he transitions. He yells I, uh, it out. I mean, well, I just thought we <laughs> that's were That's usually what happens even during coitus. He, he transitions. It could be dragging, <laughs> but you have to. But uh, suit update. Go ahead, guys. Uh, everybody's waiting. Well, I think this week's suit update um, – is not about Zach Spiker suits, which have been pretty decent recently, but more on uh, Martin Inglesby's terrible combination of, I believe it was a light navy blazer with dark blue pants. Um, uh, total mismatch um, outfit did not contrast at all. Um, it looked a little off the rack to me. Uh, and we'd let them know about it. And I think a couple of the alumni were uh, 
were uh, that we were that were behind us were um, were in agreement. Marshall, what do you think? I know you were there for that one. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's fitting that Delaware's head coach would wear two different shades of equally shitty blue to match Delaware's <laughs> shitty blue color. <laughs> so if he was going for a theme, he nailed it. If he was going to actually look good, not so much. On the plus side, he did get the zero sales tax on that suit since he purchased it in Delaware, which is the only advantage they have there. It figures you would bring up that point. Man of poor-tasted suits talks about the, poor the cheapness suits. of uh, right, let's get Ingleby's up. look. Everything about your if suit you're, taste. If, you're, Go ahead, if your main benefit of buying a suit is that you can save a couple bucks in sales tax, that's not a good suit. <laughs> I was giving, that was kind of the idea of why I was saying that. Not a suit. Nick's coming at my suit. So I'm going to go ahead and say this. I doubt all of Nick's suit taste based on the fact that the last suit I was wearing was straight out of men's warehouse, as Nick, as Leon knows. And Nick was very complimentary of it. I think it's a solid enough suit, but it wasn't a custom-tailored suit that you'd be accustomed to. And I would think if I was on the sidelines with it, I wouldn't even be scrutinized here, which I probably should be. For a man that really dislikes the suit update segment, he talks a lot during it. Uh, my favorite part of the suit update is hating on the suit update. So actually, I don't hate the segment. I just enjoy hating on the segment. <laughs> well, you know, I would say that... That's meta. Del- Delaware <laughs> is last in the conference in the basketball standings, and we're next to last. And I think in the suit standings, that probably follows the same uh, trajectory. <laughs> so, I haven't seen any other suit Would you say that follows suit? <laughs> oh yeah. man. Ooh. Marshall's on fire. You guys need to um analyze the opposing coaches more and analyze their suits and spikers and giving you as much material now. So I'm gonna have to defer we're gonna have to defer uh suit segment to Nick for the rest of the season until the CAA tournament. You just need to take a picture of it and put it on the one of these social media things. Put it on, on yeah. Instagram. We'll put it on Slack for you, Marshall. <laughs> <laughs> That works. Well, Nick, in the offseason, we can do uh, suit updates on uh, press secretary Sean Spicer's suit. <laughs> those, oh, things, those things are bad. I'm not even big on suits. Those are terrible. How about he's how about got those Trump 80s uh, shoulder pads going for him? The Trump in his tie. That thing is like. I didn't see that. Well, if, you, if your tie doesn't cover your dick, it's not a tie. <laughs> oh, really? It's one of those? Oh, it's real, yeah. He could wear a bow tie and it would cover his dick. (laughs) (laughs) Marshall is on fire tonight. Thank you for listening to another episode of Dragon's Cast. You can follow us on Twitter where our handle is underscore Dragon's Cast. And you can find us on Instagram also where our handle is simply Dragon's Cast. Zip it up, zip it out.